Do you find parts of your past a little problematic? I pray tonight that we will push past the issues in our past. Amen? Yeah. And we're going to do that by way of a start from myself about a small confession. I love airports. I don't know about you. I love going to airports. I know a lot of people, they just want to get straight in and straight onto the flight. People in airports fall into one of two camps, and you will know which camp you're in in a moment. You're either like me, you're nimble, you're fleet-footed, you're fast, you know exactly what gate you're going to, your bag is packed, you're carrying no excess, you're in, you're out, or you're one of those other dreaded people. You carry excess baggage, you drag it through the terminal, You've taken seven pairs of jeans for your three-day holiday, thinking, just in case, I might need them. And I sat there and I thought to myself, those guys are repeat offenders because you get to the check-in and you've got two options. You pay the excess, so there's a cost to carrying this stuff, or you have the dreaded walk of shame and embarrassment of having to open your suitcase. Anyone been there? Yeah, okay, a few hands go up. You have to open your suitcase and there's a queue behind you, right? Everyone is looking at you. And you now have to pack, repack. You put it back on the scales. It's still overweight. Now you've got to start chucking some stuff out. Oh man, what do I choose? Do the Jordans go or the Air Force Ones? Oh man, what do I let go of? And I sat there and I thought to myself, isn't it true in the spiritual realm we have the same? I wonder how many of us here tonight, you're carrying some excess baggage. You're carrying stuff from your past that you're dragging around with you. And you know what it's doing? It's slowing you down. You're not meant to carry it. And if you want to continue to carry it, it's going to cost you. And that's hard. But that is our reality. So I want to start tonight by asking you, what is the greatest weight that you are carrying in your life? It might not be obvious. It might be more hidden. But you're carrying stuff and there's a cost attached to it. Hebrews 12 verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything. Everybody say everything, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross Scorning at shame, sat down at the right hand of the Father of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We often struggle with our past. It probably has a greater impact in our lives than we may give it credit for. So here's some initial thoughts. When things are going wrong in your life, trust God. When life feels like it's going out of control, trust God. Those right there are supernatural responses that will elevate you out of your current circumstances. Otherwise, 
you run the risk of falling into negativity and bad patterns of thinking. And I think as we develop fail-saves in our lives that help us get back on level ground, you will face your circumstances from a humble perspective. If you choose a supernatural response every time, trusting and thanking God, you will experience his unfathomable peace. Psalm 13 verses 5 and 6 tell us, but I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. So we need to identify those things in our lives. Maybe it's situations, it's hurts, it's people, but there are stuff that is holding us back. I'm going to say this. I had a question mark in my notes, but I feel convicted to share it tonight. I share this very, very carefully, very respectfully, bravely, but also honestly. I believe some of us here are comfortable wallowing in parts of our past because we allow ourselves to be a victim. And if you're a victim, there's only one guaranteed demand that you will embrace, and that's I don't have to change because I'm the person that's been wronged. I'm the person that's been let down. I'm the person that's been disappointed. And so it says that you don't have to change. You're not exempt from making a change. You can change. Learn to speak from your scars, not from your wounds. You're not defined by your biggest shame or your biggest pain. You are defined by who and what God says you are. So I have a three-step process for us tonight to identify those things and to push past our past. Think about your suitcase. So number one, assess. Take some time to assess your past. Don't live in it, but assess it. It's going to be painful. Memories of things that have been said to you or done to you are likely to re-emerge. Things that have been said or done to you that maybe you're not pleased about or proud of are going to resurface. This is your vital first step. Everything hinges on you completing this step thoroughly. Do not give your past a cursory glance. It deserves more than that. Because what you will identify from your past is it could be a person, a point in your life that is causing you the greatest sense of shame, of guilt, of trauma, of hurt. And you know God wants to heal you tonight. Amen. Yeah. Don't even take a moment to overlook the embarrassing or awkward parts of your life. Every experience that you've had in your life has a profound impact in shaping who you are right now, today. Job 13, 23 declares, how many are my iniquities and sins? Make known to me my rebellion and my sin. Or words that we may know very, very well from Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God. Oh, careful if you pray that prayer. You may not like the content and the condition of what's actually in your heart in that moment. But he says, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts, and see if there is anything grievous in my way. Lead me to the way everlasting. And it's a bit like your suitcase. When you open it up, when you're at the airport, what does the security guard say to you? He asks you two questions. Did you pack the bag yourself? You have to say yes. 
And is all the contents yours? Humbling moment. Everything that is in your heart, everything that is in your life, you're responsible for. So you get to decide what you carry into tomorrow morning. You get to determine how much your past is going to hold your future hostage tonight by what you choose to assess. And if I were you, I would encourage you, be thorough. Because when they're searching your bag, they're thorough. They don't just give it a really quick rummage, right? They go through absolutely everything. Power on the laptop, power on your iPad. They go through everything. And I wonder in our lives, are we that thorough? Are we prepared to do a thorough examination of everything that's going on in our heart and in our lives? Sometimes we find ourselves putting stuff into our suitcase by default. We have allowed habits to form where we take certain things on holiday with us, irrespective of whether there's going to be sun. We take the sun lotion just in case. Let it go. Amen. Yeah. Number two, this is the really tough bit. We have to accept. We have to accept the truth. Love will always point you to the truth. This is never easy. Anyone that tells you that this step in the process is easy has not fulfilled step one properly. Because when you assess what's in your heart, what the pains and the hurts that you're carrying, and you come to the realization of the impact it's having on your life, you are faced with one of two options. You reject it or you accept it. There is no middle ground, friends. And my encouragement, what I would implore you to do tonight, is to accept the truth of what's actually in your heart, what's in your life, the pains, the hurts that you have been carrying that you may not even be conscious that you've carried because you're so used to carrying it. You don't have to anymore. You can let it go at the altar tonight. Amen? We have to take responsibility. This step is mandatory to attaining freedom. You know, because you can't start blaming other people for what's in your bag. Our equivalent today is what is in our heart. Your progress is incredibly achieved at this point. And I have found in my own life the immediacy with which I'm prepared to accept what's in my heart, what's in my life, gives me the pathway to victory and to freedom. Because the blatant reality is before your eyes. It's a straight choice. You either rise up and choose the healthy answer, accepting the truth about you, or you shy away and reject it. The psalmist declared there in the verses I just read, it leads to a way everlasting. If you accept what's in your life, you are more likely to change. Amen. Psalm 32 verse 5 says, Then I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Verse 5, verses 6 and 7, the promise that comes to us. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. I will trust you. I will teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Wow. When we think about the enormity of those three verses, we should be running to accept what's in our hearts and lives. 
And those promises are accessible to us when we're prepared to accept and acknowledge the things that are holding us back. When we don't hide it, we don't diminish its authority, we don't dim diminish or dilute its impact and influence on our lives. We accept it for what it truly is. And that leads me to the third point. This is a tough one. After assessing what's in our bag, after accepting the contents of our bag, we now need to abandon some stuff. Amen? If you've ever been to an airport and you genuinely can't get all your stuff back in, you have to surrender it to the security team. They take it from you. You don't get it back. Amen? So they put it in a trash can. Tonight, we're going to leave it right here at the altar. And you know about something that's decaying when you abandon something? It starts to decay. It's just left alone, abandoned in the wilderness. And then life and growth starts to come over it. When you abandon things in your life, leave it abandoned. Life will come out of it in some capacity. I don't know how, but it will. Do not return to it. Do not try and claim back stuff that God has asked you to abandon tonight. Amen. Amen. So a bit like people in the airports with the oversized bags, you've got to decide tonight what you're prepared to abandon. The moment you abandon stuff, you lighten your bag. Yeah. You don't get it back. Some of us don't even recognize or remember the stuff that we're carrying. We become so automatic in how we pack our bags. Maybe we've become so automatic in how we carry our hurts, our sins, our addictions, our habits, all of it out of familiarity. Can I encourage you, the things from your past that you leave today will abandon, will be abandoned, will decay, and will die. They have no power over you. Why? Regrets from your sins have no authority over your life. When you abandon your sin, you move forward in the fullness of God. But for some of us, just the memory of a sin can bring us trauma and pain. We find self-doubt creeping in. We find ourselves questioning whether God wants to use us. We worry about whether God is pleased with us, whether he's going to smite us, strike us down. <clears throat> Here's your take-home message for tonight. Romans 8, verse 37. You are not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. In Christ. Those two words are really important at the end. Not in and of yourself. I'm going to go to the airport with an empty bag now, Scott. No. You are more than a conqueror in Christ. God can use you despite your sins, despite your flaws. If you're wondering where or how that becomes true, your victories are celebrated despite your imperfections. Yeah. Now, I know what you're sitting there thinking, easier said than done. Yeah. Here's a quick few examples. Gideon's allowed God to cut his army from thousands to just 300 before he went into battle yeah. with the Midianites. But didn't he doubt God's word at first? Don't forget, but he doubted God's word at first. Don't forget Gideon's process of putting out the fleece more than once before he could trust that God meant what he said. I wonder in your life if you wonder whether God can use you. Samson, he finished strong. He took out more enemies of Israel in a single day than he had in all his battles before him. But first of all, what happened? Lust, pride led to his capture, his blindness, and his imprisonment. Here are some home truths for us, friends. Your past sins do not disqualify you from serving God. 
do not stop you from growing in God, do not stop you even from giving godly counsel and wisdom. You are precious in the sight of God. Amen. But are we prepared to confess? Are we prepared to abandon? Are we prepared to move away from our sins, our hurts, our failures? The choice is ours tonight. God's answer makes it possible for us not just to celebrate victory, but to live in victory over our lives. And we can put the past behind us forever. Are we prepared tonight to be living examples of that? Remember to celebrate the victories Jesus has given us over our lives. You do not have to live in continual regret. Move forward in the things of God. Cultivate a thankful heart. What am I saying to you today? I'm saying basically three or four things. When you confess your sins, God forgives. When memories of your past sins trouble your mind, find peace in knowing that you've confessed them to God. He forgives you once and for all. Two, when God forgives, God forgets. If you're worried that God has got like a file of all your sins on your life, he doesn't. Do not worry. God is not going to remind you of your past sins once you've confessed them. That record gets obliterated into the pit of hell and replaced by the record of Jesus Christ. When God forgets, God cleanses. God doesn't just delete your record of sin. He starts the process of cleansing sin from our soul. And number four, when God cleanses, God transforms. As God cleanses your soul, you have to decide how you're going to nurture your heart before God. So whatever your issues are tonight, God can and God will deliver you from them. He will protect you. Isaiah 43 verses 1 and 2. But this now is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. Any redeemed people in the house of God tonight? Amen. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So my big question, my call, my commitment to you tonight, what is in your suitcase that should not be there? What do you need to remove? Could be a person, could be a hurt, could be a trauma, could be an addiction, a habit. You've got to decide tonight what you are going to remove from your life. You've got to abandon, choose intentionally to abandon the things. Choose tonight, friends, to decide decisively to discard just one thing. It could be one addiction, one mindset, one struggle. Because as we read in Hebrews 12, we will run that race of endurance. What does that look like? You're going to be fast. You're going to be agile. You're going to be healthy. You're going to be strong. You're going to be victorious. You're going to be all that Jesus has called you to be. Amen. Because we've got one stadium within which we can run our race, and that's right here on this earth. We've got only got one prize to run for, the heavenly glory. Lots of runners, but only the overcomers collect the prize, which means you've got to run the race marked out for you. No alternative routes, 
No shortcuts, no quick way out. Jesus is the author and finisher of your faith. He knows. So tonight, are you prepared to press forward to the prize? You're gonna go from strength to strength. You're gonna go from one measure of grace to another. You're gonna move forward with agility and speed as you let that baggage go off your life. Stand with me this evening, please. Right where you are. Don't worry about the person next to you. I want you to think about your life. What do you habitually carry? Maybe it's a heart response, heart attitude to a certain person, groups of people, the church, whoever. What are the sins that you struggle to let go of? What are the habits, the addictions? What do you need to let go of tonight? Can I encourage you? Come forward. This right here is the security gate at the airport. This is where you leave it. This is where you abandon it. This is where you decide you are spiritually going to let go of your drug addiction of your alcohol abuse, of the unforgiveness, of the bitterness, of the shame of the thing you did 20 years ago that you've been carrying with you ever since. And so as the worship team lead us forward, come and find your freedom. Don't worry about the person next to you. They're responsible for their suitcase and the content of their suitcase. Come and leave some stuff at the altar tonight, friends. Be lighter, move with more agility, don't have that walk of shame walking through the airport. Walk in wholeness, walk in victory, walk in freedom. It's available for you. The question is, are you prepared to assess your heart? Are you prepared to accept the contents? And are you prepared to abandon some stuff? Nail it to the cross of Calvary tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.